Good morning. Good morning, my friends out here, out there, in the internet, on the World Wide Web. This is your good friend Dan in Scompton, Utah. <laughs> it's just about 9.16 a.m. on Saturday, July the 1st, 2023, Boblimtok. That's Mountain Standard Time. That is the dark clock. It is the timepiece. It is the stopwatch. It is the doomsday clock. And my good friend Boomer joined me in the studio this morning, but I don't know if he wants to stay or not. Do you want to go? Because you can go if you want to. Do you want to go? Or do you want to stay? You can go or stay. Okay, you want to stay. Well, Boomer's going to stay, at least for now, because he's a good boy. And, you know, he wants to be part of the show, and he is part of the show. He's part of the spirit of the show. He's a hero dog from a hero future. He's got hero powers. He can jump 100 feet to the sky. You can, Boomer. You can. I love you, man. Yeah, so anywho, I haven't been able to do a podcast since Monday. There have been several reasons for this, not least of which is this general I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude that sort of settled in on me. Um, But I'm going to try to power through today. I've got notes for about four podcasts, and if I am able to, I'm going to try to knock them all out and say, Dan, why are you doing that? Nobody listens. Nobody cares. Except for Boomer. Boomer cares. last few few days, there's been a lot of, um, let's call it news, about riots in France. And full disclosure, I don't know a single person that lives there. I don't have a single podcast listener I know of that lives there. It's entirely possible that nobody in France listens to my podcast. And that's okay. I really don't give a fuck. Another thing about France is that they've had a couple two or three republics and a couple two or three dictators since 1789, Doc. In fact, the French people lose track of which republic they're on sometimes. 
Is it Republic number two, number three? Which one? Oh, it's number five. I guess we're looking at number six. And arguably, the, the Sixth Republic, if you ask my opinion on this, is the European Union. You know, um, it's the EU. So in reality, the French have had six republics. And when they joined the EU, they joined as a polity, as a, as a state of another republic, and in that sense lost their sovereignty. And so it's arguable that France doesn't really have the, the Fifth Republic any longer, but that's not the fucking point. France has a history of violence, and they have a history of systematic violence, you know, almost systemic violence. So even if these riots are real, well, okay, what does it mean? And if they're not real, what does it mean? And if they are real, why is it the mainstream media isn't focusing on them, but yet somehow the alt-media has a total pipeline. Well, Dan, you can't stop the internet. You can't stop the... They control every fiber cable, every fucking satellite, every chunk of copper between here and gay old Paris. What the fuck don't you think they can control? They shut the world off in 2020. What the fuck don't you think they control? Please. So I have no idea. I don't know one credible person I have met that I have talked to, that I've shook hands with, that has any intelligent opinion on France, except for my good friend, Seattle Mike. And he, and he visited there, you know, I don't know, last September. About nine months ago, something like that. And he spent most of his time in the countryside, and perhaps that really is the answer. And from what he told me, it was great. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. It was healthy. It was relaxing. It was the opposite of the bullshit we were being fed. And the same thing applies for places like Australia and other places where I do have one or two people I could say I have a contact, is when I dig deeper behind the fear headlines, what I find, more often than not, eight times out of ten, is none of that shit is happening. So the question you have to ask yourself is, is it possible that for you in America someplace, you don't have any other source of information except for Twitter, except for Facebook, except for maybe Zero Hedge, right? Is it possible that these riots are not happening? Or that they are as real as the ISIS beheading videos and the Gulf of Tonkin, which is to say not real at all? I don't know. And even if they are real, they could have been initiated on purpose. It's called a controlled burn. I'm pretty certain Ferguson in 2014 was a controlled burn. And I, I, I'm of the opinion, I'm of the opinion that one of the purposes that the BLM Antifa race war of 2020 served was as another controlled burn. Gets it out of their system. Let them have a little bit of chaos. Let them march down the fucking streets. Let them pretend like they're human beings. Let them think that they have dignity and sovereignty and they have some future and some kind of fucking hope. So it could be a controlled burn. And again, I have no way of verifying this because at a certain point, even a controlled burn can get out of control. This could be a pretext for justifying the great 
the hopeful, the planned European Union army. It'll be the Dutch and the fucking Danish people and the Germans and the Poles and maybe a few Hungarians marching into Paris, kind of like it's 1870, fucker, going on down the fucking gay old Main Street, you know, I think Hausman built, taking out all the barricades and all the crab heads and all the strongo freaks. Who the fuck knows? In January 2020, before the monkey herpes really became a thing, I did a podcast, you can find in my archives and on Spotify, called Pop and Smoke. And the main topic of popping smoke and the main theory was the following, that towards the end, because again, folks, I don't think this is Germany 1933, and neither do the fucking ghosts of the Trail of Tears or Wounded Knee. They don't think it's Germany 33 either, fucker. This isn't Germany 1933. This is Berlin, April 1945, asshole. And you can play pretend like there's a magical Hitler to come save your fucking day, but that ain't gonna happen. And the grifters in charge, the parasites inside the meat sack, they're already pulling out their switchblades to find the escape hatch. This is not Germany 1933, shithead. This is Berlin, April, 1945. And the Red Army's got you surrounded, motherfucker. And all your chickens have come home to roost. So get over that shit. I know it makes a lot of you feel better to play pretend like we never murdered a bunch of people. We never had concentration camps. We never stamped on people's fucking freedom. We did all that shitty stuff. And as far as the hyperinflation goes, it's in your fucking house. It's in your car. It's in all that food that's adulterated. It's in China. It's in stock buybacks. It's in a lot of places. And when we get to the point when there needs to be the last freak the last fool, the last person, the scam, who needs to sell something, who needs to actually get out from under, when that begins, you'll find out how quickly all that dehydrated hyperinflation comes back on you. Oh yeah, they hit it in crypto too, shithead. They hit it in a lot of places. But if you're wondering about the wheelbarrow for bread, that's your home, that's your HELOC, That's your home. That's your wheelbarrow. Why don't you go home, motherfucker, and pray for a Hitler? Because Hitler, we already had. We already had the concentration camps. We already had the mass murder. We already had all that shit. You ask me, for any one indigenous mass grave in the United States you can find, there's probably another ten we don't know about. We already did all that shit. All of it. So it's a lot of wishful thinking to believe this is Germany 1933. A lot of wishful thinking. And Boomer's listening, and he's being a good boy. You're a good boy, Boomer. You are a good, good, good boy.
So I don't know what the riots in France are. If they're real, um, you could say, well, Dan, the alternative media is real, and that's why we know about it. You can believe that shit. I don't personally believe your alternative media really exists. I don't. I don't think Alex Jones is your alternative media. He's a sheepdog. I don't think Joe Rogan, he, yeah, he's a sheepdog too. In fact, most of these motherfuckers you think are telling you the fucking truth are really there as a form of control. Arguably the final control. They're the last robot that Robert Duvall runs into as he tries to escape his THX 1138 hellhole. The last fucking robots. Next topic. So the Supreme Court pissed off a bunch of people again. And for the moment, I want you just to understand that what the Supreme Court did is probably completely separate from any justification. Because again, I, I don't think that they're doing their jobs out of some idealism. I don't think that Trump picked a bunch of good jurists. I think they're trying to piss people off. And when I say piss people off, it's not just the right wing. It's the left wing, too. That's what Roe v. Wade was about. Pissing off. Driving to conniption. Putting into a state of anger and confusion. The fucking left wing. That's what this affirmative action decision was about. That's what the fucking student loan decision's about. Pissing off the left wing. Okay? Yes, they have little grenades labeled drag queen story time, and they'll toss them into your brain that you've already rented out to the deep state, and they'll piss you off, Mr. Conservative. But they have little grenades with, huh, you know, uh, SCOTUS ruling on affirmative action, Roe v. Wade, <laughs> student loans, toss that grenade in the room. See what happens. In January 2020, I told people that they would use the truth, the actual truth, to confuse people. They would use the truth to piss people off. They would dump truth on people, revelations, at the end. As they were making their way to whatever fucking safe zone they have, and personally, the only one I can think of that could possibly work is Antarctica. Uh, yeah, as they make their way there, they're going to toss all kinds of truth grenades at you. And you're going to think you're free. They're going to unlock the prisons. They're going to give you a bunch of stuff. Maybe not everything you want, and frankly, social media might not be quite as free right up until the end. But a lot of things will look better, and you'll think things are better, and that's the fucking purpose, too. Okay? There was this woman, and I sometimes forget her name. I, I can't think of her name right now. I'm going to look it up really quick because I think it is important to reference her. Searching autism cattle. Yeah, Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin um, is considered by many 
a revolutionary figure in animal behavior, especially when it comes to the cattle industry. She kind of rethought the way that cattle get moved around, and she rethought the way that they get slaughtered. And when you think about what's going to happen at the end, all the truth revelations, all the fucking happy, shiny, we're going to unlock the prison bullshit, you need to understand that Temple Grandin realized that when the cow turns the corner, when the cow is almost there, the cow shouldn't see the pneumatic hammer. Do you fucking understand what I just said? As you turn the corner, as you see the happy shiny, as you're led to believe we're all free now, kumbaya, that's the perfect time to put the piston to the back of your head and then lights are out. I think the CIA studied Temple Grandin because she had a lot to teach. I mean, she's still alive, right? So she's still teaching. Next topic. So yeah, folks, I, I don't, before I move on, you can get all obsessed with and you can get obsessed with this. You can get angry. You can get sad. You can get confused. All of these emotions are the emotions they want. What they don't want you to do is anything practical, anything that would actually change the outcomes. But you sitting at home, ordering DoorDash, being pissed off, thinking about voting Democrat or Libertarian or Republican, they love that. They love that. And so does Temple Grandin. And when you think about it, if you're the cow, maybe you do too. Maybe. Because you don't have to sense any terror. Everything's going to look great. Your stocks will keep going up. Your crypto will stabilize. Your house prices will pyramid. Everything will look great right up until they put the piston on the back of your fucking head. But you come to your own fucking conclusion, brothers and sisters. You're not going to get any warning. None. There's going to be no soft landing, not unless you consider falling from 100,000 feet without a parachute, a soft landing. It's not going to be gradual. It's not going to be linear. It's going to be chaotic and discontinuous and brutal and cascading. And when it starts, within about a week, your whole world will change. And did I say you're not going to get any fucking warning? Or did Temple Grandin say that? topic. So as of this recording, uh, 9.35 a.m. on, yeah, like I said, July the 1st, 2023, 9.35 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, Twitter, which is a social media platform, is still currently kind of down. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I can still tweet because I'm getting some responses. But in terms of my timeline and reading messages, it's, it's not working. Do I think this is significant? Not really. It could, I mean, again, this is a lot like the, the riots in France. This could be just legit, real, glitchy shit. 
I'm going to let you on a little secret. All that complexity you need to spy on people, it doesn't improve efficiency. Now, now don't listen to me. I'm just a, a code monkey, a, a computer programmer with a couple decades of experience. But I can tell you that all that security shit, all those algorithms, all those ways in which they fuck with you, that is a Rube Goldberg device. And chances are the engineers didn't talk to each other. So it is a Rube Goldberg device that probably nobody at Twitter really understands at this point. So this thing with the social media, when it goes, it crashes, whatever, that doesn't shock me. It could be completely real. It could also be something else. And who knows? Who knows why people, people's timelines might be shut down. Maybe people have been responding to others who don't want to be responded to. Maybe there's a narrative impulse. Maybe Elon Musk is a fucking liar. You ever think about that? I don't really care. All, any, all I can tell you, sorry, you are rate limited. Please wait a few moments, then try again. Sorry, you are rate limited. Please wait a few moments and try again. Sorry, you are rate limited. Sorry, you are rate limited. Sorry, you are rate limited. Will you wait a few fucking moments and try again? Oh, hey, you want to check out my piston? Next topic, because I don't want to spend time on that one. Here's an article from the New York Post. Um, it was published on July the 13th, 2014. And you're going to say, Dan, motherfucker, why are you reading me an article from nine years ago? I need to know about today. Well, we, let me read it, and we'll talk about it, shithead. Headline, 43 suspected mistresses found in RFK Jr.'s phone. Once again, this was published on July the 13th, 2014. And the authors are Isabel Vincent and Melissa Klein. I'm going to drink a little coffee if that's okay, Boomer. I love you, Beaumont Boomer. I love you. You're such a good dog. Such a good dog. He's been so quiet. He has been so quiet and such a good boy. Headline, once again. 43 suspected mistresses found in RFK Jr.'s phone. They were unresponsive and not breathing. Is, do you have Prince Albert in a can? Do you have Prince Albert in a can? Let him out. Let him out of that fucking can. There are 43 suspected mistresses found in RFK Jr.'s inside of his phone. Funny joke, Dan. Ah, I'll read on. Robert F. Kennedy, Jr., kept a list of dozens of women filed under the letter G in his cell phone. 
a code that his late wife believed stood for Gumar, the Italian slang for mistress. Two of the women listed in this digital black book factor into what should be an interesting summer for the environmental activist and the son of the slain U.S. Senator. The first is Curb Your Enthusiasm actress Cheryl Hines, whom Kennedy began dating the year they both filed for divorce. The two plan to wed soon. The other is Greenwich, Connecticut homemaker Chelsea Chapman Kerwin, who has been romantically linked to Kennedy in her headline-grabbing divorce battle. Kennedy's late wife, Mary Richardson, shared several lists of suspected other women with a friend two months before she committed suicide in May 2012. There were so many women, some with the same first names, that they had to be distinguished by profession or city. While Kennedy didn't have a gal in every port, he did seem to have friends in many places. At least five women were from Toronto. One was in Paris. Others were in Palm Beach, Alaska, Aspen, Colorado, Miami, Montreal, Cleveland, Pensacola. One woman had the notation airplane after her name, another farm, another teacher, who was typically known as Z. Richardson believed her philandering husband also used aliases to hide his own identity when traveling. Robert Strong was a favorite pseudonym, she told her friend. Richardson, 52, hanged herself at their home in Bedford, Westchester County. She suffered from depression and struggled with alcoholism. I wonder why. Kennedy's name was dragged into another divorce battle last month when he was alleged to be the other man in Kerwin's divorce from plastic surgeon Lawrence Kerwin. Lawrence Kerwin believed his 42-year-old wife was having an affair with Kennedy, whom she met at a Westchester gym. A confident and a confidant of, of the a confidant of the surgeon told the Post. The couple separated in July 2012, but Lawrence Kerwin believed the relationship began several months earlier while Richardson was still alive, the friend said. Cell phone records showed Chelsea Kerwin and Kennedy spoke five times a day in the summer 2012, according to the friend, who said Kennedy 60, again, this is nine years ago, could be called as a witness in the divorce case. Chelsea Kerwin is supposed to testify on July 22nd in a Stanford, Connecticut court hearing. Her name and number were copied off Kennedy's Sprint Samsung phone by Richardson. When contacted by the Post, the mother of four asked to know where her name fell on the list and whether there was any notation beside it. She, she would not comment about her relationship with Kennedy. There were 43 names and numbers on the G list, which was alphabetical by first name. Another list had names but no phone numbers. Several women on the, ro on the roster contacted by the Post said they had met Kennedy through his work as an environmental lawyer and activist. One woman described Kennedy as a big flirt 
and said Richardson was suspicious of her. Another called Kennedy a charming and talented man, but said they had not been romantic. Kennedy had a history of meticulously documenting his conquests, keeping notes of women's names in the back of annual ledgers, along with numbers from 1 to 10. Richardson told a friend that the numbers referred to sexual acts, with 10 being intercourse. Richardson found the thick red journals in the couple's home. The Post reviewed copies of Kennedy's diaries from 1999, 2000, and 2001. There were 37 women in the 2001 ledger alone, 16 with 10s next to their names. Kennedy was, was apparently tortured by his own behavior. <laughs> wow. On some days, Kennedy listed the names of two or three women. On other days, he wrote victory, which meant he avoided temptation. Well, good for you, Robert. In his 2001 journal, Kennedy often portrayed himself as a victim, saying he was mugged by women. In one instance, he wrote that he narrowly escaped being mugged by a team of two women. Oh, my God. It was tempting, but I prayed to God, gave me strength to say no, he wrote. He wrote on May 21, 2001, that he got mugged on the way home from Manhattan and noted the name of a woman with a 10 next to it. That year, Kennedy wrote of struggling with my greatest defect, my lust demons. He wrote that he had to avoid the company of women. You have not the strength to resist their charms. <sighs> That's a man about my age writing that in 2001. I, I have, I don't know, I don't, you know, I'm not going to comment. But it's clear that Kennedy's struggles continued. His late wife told her friend that when the couple was seeing Manhattan therapist Sheena Hankin in 2006, Kennedy went through a process of disclosure and spilled the names of dozens of women with, with whom he had affairs. Richardson thought that by 2012 that number had increased exponentially. Hankin confirmed that Richardson was her client at the time but would not comment on confidential information obtained from clients. Kennedy, through a spokesman, refused to comment. He said last year that the 2001 diary served as a tool for self-examination and for dealing with my spiritual struggles at the time. It also contains unedited, unfiltered stream of consciousness musings about current events and people. Kennedy and Hines were engaged in May, that's May 2012, and the Post reported are to be married at the Kennedy's annual summer reunion in Hyannis Port. So I guess that might be 20, yeah, 2013 or something. I mean, this was published in 20... Oh, this is from 2014, so I guess that would be May 2014. Great. His late wife buried a little more than two miles away from the famous family compound. That makes sense, too. Kennedy has six children, four with Richardson and two from his first marriage. Hines has a nine-year-old daughter from a previous relationship. We share the same values, family first, Hines said last spring. Okay, so this is an, a, you know, a nine-year-old article. And it gets a little confusing because in the article they talk about 2012 and whatnot. And, yeah, and... Before I get into the next part of this little topic here, let's kind of just review one of the things that Kennedy says in his notes. He says he does not have the ability to resist these women. 
he says he, he felt mugged. And, and let's translate for the Generation Z and others. He, he felt like he was being sexually assaulted. So from his perspective, he had no choice. Him fucking a lot of women, and he probably did fuck a ton of women, and I would even wager more than in his books. It's because he was raped. Meditate on this, brothers and sisters, okay? Think on this deeply. A lot of people right now are making out RFK Jr. to be the next great, great, great hope for everybody who is black or white or yellow or pink or blue. And the fact is, he might just be there to create more noise. He might just be there to muddy the waters. His only purpose to run for president might be to simply be a giant stink bomb. That's it. That's RFK Jr. If you think he's going to save your day like Donald Trump, he's not. Because guess what? Donald Trump didn't save your fucking day. I don't have a clear picture of the truth, but brothers and sisters, I do not believe that RFK Jr. is the secret to how the United States or whatever is left of the society in 24 to 36 months. I don't think he's the secret. I don't think he's your way to survive. I think if you spend a lot of time on RFK Jr., you're going to be wasting the little precious time you fucking have. But that would apply to all the candidates, motherfucker. So I don't fucking care. Okay, Boomer, I'm sorry. Boomer's upset I got a little bit overwrought, and he's right. God, he keeps me centered. He's my psychiatrist. I'm going to miss him. Your woman wants RFK Jr. Your woman wants to mug and to assault and to pull aside into the cabin of a moving train, RFK Jr. Your woman wants to go to a gym and meet up with RFK Jr. and stroke his Jimbo tube. Your woman wants RFK Jr. to ingudulate her. Your woman has fantasies about RFK Jr. tying her up and flogging her with some sexual tool you buy off the back pages. You know, of Hustler. Your woman is at home right now, thinking about RFK Jr. Your woman took a long lunch last week with her old college friend, Kendra, and they both made a love pact to find RFK Jr. and allow him to insert his power wand into their boobulas. And in that way, make b -b babies And that's what your woman said on Facebook. Your woman has been on YouTube talking about RFK Jr. and his abs and his biceps and his pecs and how he's really juicing it up. Your woman recently took a moistness test at her gynecologist's office thinking about RFK Jr. and about being pinned to some nasty, dirty bed in some alley-side place in the city. Your woman started writing this romance novel. 
It's about her and some old pirate named Rob. They fight the British Navy and get ex exiled to a swamp. And the swamp is filled with sex oils and greases where they both are scantily clad and it's humid and it's nasty. And there's plenty of very rough and harsh rope. She loves him. Your woman has been trotting around town in slinky outfits, meeting up with greasy dudes at the screw bar in Grinkentown. She wears torn fishnet stockings and had poorly drawn makeup on, and she's kind of drunk and high on crack. Your woman is driving your car out to the beach. She's wearing a bikini that has see-through cups. She bought scuzz wax from candries off of Digdon Street, where the hooker congregate and the trade stories of their fishing trips. Your woman is hot and spicy, and there's no holding her back. She knows what she wants, and she wants RFK Jr. Your woman dreams about RFK Jr. and his juiced-out chest. She knows his testicles have shrunk back into his body because of his dosing, because of his juicing. It explains his voice and his acne. Huh, isn't he like 70? But your woman still wants him. Your woman wants RFK Jr. And your woman will find RFK Jr. And then mug RFK Jr. to use his term of art... So vote for RFK. Next topic. Dan, I can't believe you're beating up on RFK Jr. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. If you were one of these motherfuckers, I don't know, back in 2016 telling me Trump would save the day, fuck you. If you're one of these motherfuckers back in 2020 who said, come to Washington, D.C. on January the 6th and let's go do that, fuck, fuck you. That was early 2021, late 2020. Let's all go to Washington, D.C. And what did I tell my listeners before GoDaddy stole my blog? I said, don't go. It's a government op. Use your fucking head. But no, you went to J6, some of you, and then you complain. You complain that half of them were feds. Are you a dumb shit? Actual people who are actual operators only use social media for military psychological warfare and counterintelligence. Actual operators aren't talking to you unencrypted. They're probably not even using smart devices at this point. Actual operators are out there doing shit. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Maybe they're getting over the first mover's dilemma in game theory. Maybe they're finally out there getting ready. I don't think so. 
But if they are, they're not on Facebook and they're not on Twitter and they're not going to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Actual operators are trying to keep a low profile. Actual operators are trying to avoid being shot in the back of the head with a little piston hammer. Motherfucker. Oh, cute little boomer sleeping. I love him. He's such a good dog. I'm going to miss him. I have to move in a couple weeks. Don't know where I'm going to go. Probably there's a cave up in the mountains. I'll probably go there, but i got to move. It's going to be tough, and it's going to be crazy. Might have to hunt grizzly. Might get eaten by a cougar. Or a puma. But who knows? Maybe I could start making money somehow. You see, I've been thinking about raising money. I'm going to make a movie. A movie starring Stephen Baldwin. And I figure I need at least five grand to pay Stephen Baldwin, maybe 10,000. It's going to be a movie about a dude that finds a time machine in his backyard, left there by aliens eons ago. And he decides to travel through time and just kill random people because he doesn't give a fuck. It's very nihilistic. The movie's called Time Shredder. It's going to be big, going to be huge. I just need to, to raise some money. Steven's character will be named Yard Coolidge. And he'll have a hooker girlfriend named Tina. They start making love after they arrive in the time of the ancient Greeks and then become overlords in the time zone of jelly. The, new, the movie will make bank at the box office, I promise you, with a PG-13 rating. I'm going to make this other movie, too. I'm going to make another movie after this one, starring Stephen Baldwin. It will be about some rogue comet heading towards Earth, and it's out of control, and nothing can be done. But Rex Star Blaster, Stephen Baldwin, can save the day. Rex has a suit of cobalt platinum steel. Rex has a suit of cobalt platinum steel. And a sidekick named Neil. Rex flies a rocket ship into outer space and uses his neutronic beam to split the comet into smaller pieces so that these pieces can be deflected using a tractor beam thingy. And I just need six million dollars to make this fucking movie. It'll be big. You know, I think Shannon Tweed is still alive. And we'll have Shannon Tweed co-star. Yeah, she's an older woman now. She's a puma. But she's still alive. Maybe we'll get that brunette hoe bag from the AT&T AT &T commercials. The one with the big jugs. But we're still short funds, brothers and sisters. We still need money. I want to make the space movie. I want to call Stephen Baldwin. You can call me. I got this other idea for a huge series on Netflix also starring Stephen Baldwin. Stephen plays a traveling minstrel and storyteller in fairy tale times. He wanders around small villages playing songs and making people laugh. 
but he also steals old people and chops them up and places them in a grinder powered by a water wheel. It's a scary, scary movie. We think we can shoot the whole thing in Slovakia. We can use porn stars for extras in the main cast. But we need some money and we need it now. To make the fucking movie. We got this other project in line. It's a movie about traveling to Mars, starring Stephen Baldwin. He's going to have a big part. His name is Captain Hellstrom. Yeah, it'll be a big, big, big thing. Captain Hellstrom of the Astronautical Society. They've lost contact with their base on Mars. Hellstrom is being sent there to find out what the fuck went wrong, what happened. His sexy love interest, Commander Leslie, might be played by some washed-up actress, maybe Sandra Bullock, maybe Renee Zellweger. Who the fuck knows, right? Naomi Judd? I don't know. trying to raise money for this other project, you know, starring Stephen Baldwin. It's called Island Passion. It's sexy and it's sweaty. It has the smells of the South Pacific. It'll be a tropical adventure. The story of a washed-up sea captain that falls in love with a native in Tasmania set in the 19th century. They will ungrumbulate themselves upon the beaches and, and insluviate and grig and most of their splasm will be left in the sand. They will be lovers and learners and leaders and powerful partners in the pursuit of total boobula. Yes, this story of native sexuality in Tasmania will blow people's mind. It'll be the most shocking thing since the Blue Lagoon. What's that? Fuck you. Fuck you. What the Blue Lagoon? Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. We got this other project we're working on. Steven will play a spy in a movie called The Cuba Debacle. He's a spy on the run. He's being chased by everybody. He doesn't know why till it's too late. It'll be a real thriller. And then there's this other project I want to do with Stephen Baldwin called Missile Alert. It's the story of a team of eco-terrorists taking over a U.S. missile complex. And Stephen Baldwin plays the janitor that saves the day. And if you think I'm ripping off a Steven Seagal flick about a battleship, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. We got a lot of cool projects to do with Stephen Baldwin. So if you're interested in seeing Stephen Baldwin in any of these fucking movies, send me money. You can donate. Keep me off the streets. I'll be homeless in about a month and a half. Keep me off the streets and help me make a movie with Stephen Baldwin. 
Next topic. What do you say, baby? What do you say about Wegovy? Yes, I started Wegovy recently because I was getting paid money to do surveys. I started a drug called Wegovy because I was getting money for doing paid surveys. I was doing paid surveys and getting diabetes. My body mass index was 8,000.62 million. I was no longer capable of going to the bathroom, so I had a tube shoved up my splinctus. It spilled into a large bag or some type of plastic, you know, container, and I would dump the container periodically. That's why I'm taking Wegovy. Yes, Wegovy may make you go insane. It's probably going to make you blow up a train. But if you take Wegovy, you don't have to shove a plastic tube up your butt any longer. You can break free with Wegovy. Lose the, dead lose the dead weight in your life, baby. And start Wagovi. By the way, I, I can have Stephen Baldwin do a commercial for Wagovi. It'll be awesome. Next topic. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. I'm going to drink a little coffee, though, and say hello to Boomer. Hi, Boomer. He is sleeping, sleeping, sleeping right now. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Don't mess with an adult man on a tricycle. Don't mess with an adult man on a tricycle. He's already got enough problems, shithead. Dr. Freckles. Yes, if you see an adult man on a tricycle going down the street, and you're some, I don't know, 20-something that thinks they're special because they create apps, and you feel like taking an egg out of the egg carton because, hey, prices went down, and you're going to toss it on the, toss it at the man on a tricycle, let me give you some cheap fucking advice. Don't mess with an adult man on a tricycle, Okay. This is somebody who's probably been chased out of every city. This is somebody who's living at the edge of civilization. This is someone who has demons inside of demons. This is someone who has demons who call up the Pope to help to exorcise demons. Don't mess with a man on a fucking tricycle. He's already got all the problems you don't want to have, shithead. He'll pull out a rusty knife and shove it into your throat. He'll take the rebar he's got hidden in his pocket and push it through your eye. He'll take a pencil and punch it through your eardrum. He'll take his little sharp tanto knife and cut off your nutsack. And believe me, with how expensive surgery is these days, he'll do it cheap. He learned everything he knew from Dr. Grunkus. The famous Dr. Grunkus. The one that serves Little Saigon, Seattle, Washington. Don't don't do it. I know that it's fun to make fun of people for some of you guys. Like, Dan, I only get through the day by mocking others. If I have to look at myself, in the, I know. If you have to look at yourself in the mirror. If you have to examine your own wretched life, 
If you have to say to yourself every day, my retirement is in my home. What you should be saying is your home is the wheelbarrow filled with money to buy the loaf of bread. But what, you, what you're going to say, because this is where you're at, buddy, you're stuck on a turning circle called denial, anger, bargaining. What you're going to say is, my home is my retirement. Yeah. Don't mess with an adult on a bicycle. Just don't. You got your own problems too, shithead. I dream of a future. I dream every day of a brilliant future. I dream of a future of love and light and blueness and beauty. Where every neighborhood has its own indirect fires capability using rail guns. Rail guns they slam together from all kinds of crappy parts. They take GE imaging machines from the hospital that's been shut down. They take all the electronic video equipment from the library that got destroyed. And they build rail guns to shoot chunks of molten steel at each other. For no other reason but love. I dream of that future. I dream of a new land. A land of whore cakes and newspaper fireflies. A land where the cervids grow 20 feet tall and have barbecue sauce for blood. A land of Ginga swamps and deadhead mariners, all looking for frosty excitement and being led astray down the hole to the broken sepulcher where the bodies were treated, irrigated, and then disposed of. We'd dance crazy in this new land. We'd make friends with scorpions. This is a dream worth having. I dream of kettle hustlers from Sector 37 heading towards Grinkentown and leaving their snake selves hidden in the ego. They spent time in the deep woods. They communed with Bigfoot. The Wookiee people made them their lover and then left them broken by the wayside. I dream of that Sector 37. There's this kingdom of shame located near L.A. County. The Cobb agents wear their drawers outside their pants and carry Glock 76s and pillowcases filled with hand grenades. They bring forth the fuzzle fish from Catalina and end up being ensconculated by the Freds of Hollywood. That would be a beautiful thing. That is a future worth dreaming of. Hebus. Hebus wench Wookiee style women with gold and diamonds and hawk sight. They keep their wooden dildos covered in seal wax and feed off the corpses of Diffie-style lovers with large, veiny cocks. That's a, that's a thing worth dreaming about. Of the last Milk Run and Dead Kennedys and the other green-type Moon Patty Kings, they will run about calling forth the cosmic lords, and yes, we'll dream of a day they show up to insert an object someplace you wish they hadn't. I dream of the Stroglon sect and the commie overlords of Chicago. They're waiting for Mr. Glass to fix the world. They're waiting for coked-up cheerleaders to show us the way. I dream of a world. I dream of a land. I dream of a hooker wife, and I won't stop dreaming.
not, I'm not going to stop dreaming. If you listen to this podcast and you like it, you can donate to it. But before you do, listen to the disclosure statement. Firstly, um, I could be homeless in a few months. And I'm not joking. I don't have a place to live in a couple months. It's not because of any bad blood or issues about where I live now. It's just circumstances have changed. And a couple of years ago, I didn't even expect the situation I have here in Utah to last this long. Brothers and sisters, a couple of years ago, I didn't expect the situation with the world to last this long, not in terms of stability. Yes, I told you something that's true. It's not the end of the world. But <laughs> brothers and sisters, if you've studied any fucking history at all and you've read your fucking Bible, you should know there are many places between happy, shiny, and the end of the world, and a lot of these places suck so bad that you might think it's the end of the world. On top of it, everybody's world does end. Everybody dies. Everything. This is not Eden. This is not the kingdom. This is not hell. This is also not heaven. Stuff of this world falls apart. Everything in this world falls apart. If you have invested your time in this world, especially if you're a Christian, you have been doing it wrong. It's not to say it's not good to have a job. It's great to have a job. It's great to have money. It's great to have a nice house. But at some point you have to ask the question, if you're a Christian, for example, is that all that I am? Is there nothing more? Well, the fact is, in a few weeks, I could end up where I was going to end up a couple years ago, and that is homeless. And I don't know if it's going to change. And I also don't know if it fucking matters. So know this. If you donate money to my podcast, it's possible that at some point in the next few months, I just won't be there. And I am sorry. Okay? Am I trying to find a job I can do? Sure. Sure I am. This 53-year-old man is totally trying to find a job in this sideways neo-Stalinist death hellhole death star. I, I totally am taking calls from Darth Vader every fucking day. And up to a point, I'm willing to do almost anything. I probably don't want to go back to healthcare. I probably don't want to work on applications that involve loans or taxing people. Sadly, those are the most of the hits I get for jobs. Most of the hits I get for jobs are for things that are terrible, for companies that are terrible. I get hits from Microsoft. I don't want to go back to that fucking place. Contractor, blue badge, doesn't fucking matter. Microsoft and Redmond's a fucking shithole. It is an existential dead end. All meaning hits a black hole in Redmond and goes to the nowhere place. I don't want to go there either. But I'm trying to find something. The fact is I could end up homeless. It is, it's a reality. Another thing, too. Before you ever donate money to some random podcaster, make sure you take care of your food, your water, your shelter. Make sure you take care of people in your life that need help. I'd be willing to bet there are people in your life that need more help than this 53-year-old dude. So do that first. If you've set aside food for your family and yourself for, let's say, six months, and if you need more than six months... More is never going to be enough. I'm sorry if that sounds ambiguous and hard to understand, but nobody's basement is big enough after six months. Um, but if you have set aside food for yourself and your family for six months, please, in your planning, think about your pet. If you have a cat, a dog, a fish, a parrot, my heart has a special place for Boomer. 
if you've got a wonderful dog like Boomer who would probably fight an army to protect you and your family, and might actually do pretty well, make sure you think about Boomer too. Make sure you think about your dog, your cat, your parrot, your fish. You're thinking about yourself and the other people in your family you love that are human. Make sure you're thinking about your cousin Boomer too, okay? And also, this is not the end of the world. This is just life. And so before you donate money to me, why don't you donate a little bit of time and resources to yourself? Right now, we're in what I have loosely called in the last year or so, maybe the last year, the brief intermission. And all that means is you're still being fucked with, they're still tossing psychological hand grenades at you, but it's, it's, it's not what it was in 2020 or even 2021. It started to calm down a little bit. Right now, you're in the eye of the storm. Right now would be a perfect time to do the things you've been postponing. If you've been postponing going on a trip, go on that trip. If you've been postponing talking to an old friend, pick up the fucking phone. If you've been postponing taking a class, reading a book, doing anything on your quote-unquote list of things to do, before you donate money, donate to yourself. Donate the resources to yourself. But if you've done all these things and you like my show, and you still have tons of hookers and cocaine and gold and diamonds, and who knows what else stuck in that cave out there in Colorado. You can donate to this podcast. I will take as much money as you give me to include zero. If you want to give me a million bucks, fuck, that, that would help me avoid homelessness, but I seriously doubt any of my listeners have a million dollars. And a number of them are, are already way too generous. Um, but yeah, if you've taken care of the things I mentioned and understand that this podcast could cease to exist in about a couple months, and the archives holding the podcast might not get, you know, re-upped on Bluehost in December, so that'd be six months left of having access to the archives of the podcast. If you understand all this and you want to donate, do it. I can use the money. So can a lot of other people. It is Saturday, July the 1st, 2023, Bo Blimp Doc, and my good friend Boomer's chilling out. Yeah, it's going to be a hot day. It's going to be a hot day tomorrow, but that's it. It's the summertime. It's a time of heat and being hot. This is not the end of the world. In many ways, this could be the beginning of something new. And it could be crazy and scary and a lot of really bad things could happen. And how can I put this? Welcome to planet fucking Earth. This is the way it's always been. There was a brief period of time, let's call it Henry Luch's American century, where we could all play pretend and you could go to the automat and push a button and get yourself a ham sandwich. That shit is over. That world is done. But it does not mean it is the end of the world. So if you can today, Saturday, July the 1st, 2023, Bo Blimp Doc, go out there, enjoy yourself, pick up a water balloon and toss it at the old dude down the street. Do it. Smile and laugh and be happy. If you got a good dog like Boomer, take him to the park. Go play ball. Go play with a frisbee. 
Nobody ever guaranteed you anything. Nobody ever guaranteed anybody anything. Yes, there is salvation through Christ, but with respect to this world that is not Eden, is not heaven, is not the kingdom, and it's definitely not hell, because it isn't hell, there are no promises, but that doesn't mean you can't keep a promise to yourself. So go out there and try to be happy. And remember, this is a guy that suffers from severe depression telling you this.